You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to the Giant Splash podcast, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Giants and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Giants beat writer Susan Slesser, and today we're very happy to welcome in Giants General Manager Scott Harris. Scott, welcome to the Giant Splash podcast. And um, first of all, I'm wondering what it's like for you during spring training to kind of finally get to see all the moves you made in the offseason actually in action. Hey, Susan. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's exciting. You know, we Farhan and I watch a ton of video of players in other uniforms, and we make decisions to bring them to San Francisco, and you never quite know how it's all going to turn out until you see those players in the flesh and you see them interact with each other. One takeaway for me so far is uh, they're fitting right into our culture. Um, these are guys that are excited to be giants. They're excited to work with our pitching and hitting groups they are excited to work with cap and uh they've made a ton of progress so far so uh, so far so good we haven't gotten to uh, real games yet but uh couldn't be more pleased with the progress they've made in scottsdale so far how, how would you describe the offseason it obviously was not really super normal um you know there were questions about whether there would be fans in the stands and when um you guys had to deal with not knowing whether you would be looking for a DH or not, you know, the length of the season, all, all sorts of different, you know, things that you don't necessarily always have to take into account. Was it, was it a little trickier than maybe the, the normal off season? I think so. Uh, I think that's an accurate representation. Uh, for me, you know, one of the things I learned last year uh, during, you know, all the craziness of a, a season um, that was abbreviated and played under pretty strict protocols was, that we have to be nimble as a baseball operation. We have to uh, acquire as much information as we can at any given decision point. Um, and then we just have to be fearless about those decisions and, and believe in, in what we're doing. And I think, you know, despite all the uncertainty uh, that uh, seemed to follow us all offseason, um, I think we made some, some decisions that are going to make us better in 2021. And, you know, uh, you, you never have a clear view of those decisions um, until you actually show up in camp. And uh, I think we're just very pleased with the decisions we made. We did a lot of heavy, heavy lift, lifting. We, we brought a lot of new faces in here. But uh, I think we're generally pleased with uh, the way the offseason went. Yeah, I mean, you knew you would have an extra big camp, too. So, um, you know, how much did you have to, like, think about bringing in even more, you know, uh, minor league free agents, non-roster type guys. Or I think you wound up at, at one point. I think you had twenty twenty-one non-roster pitchers. <laughs> I, well, I will say that you know, for the majority of the offseason, we didn't know that we were going to have a a bigger camp. We didn't know about the seventy-five player limit or or any of the details that we're working with right now. Um, you know, one one thing that we were focused on all winter was trying to build as much depth and versatility as as possible. And I think that's evident in our pitching staff. We tried to find as many quality arms 
as possible to stack some depth because, you know, we never really operated in a situation like this before. Uh, we've never operated in a world in which so many pitchers uh, ended the season shy of their, their innings uh, totals or the no normal number of innings they, they're accustomed to pitching. So we're not entirely sure how that's going to affect them in 2021 and beyond. So I think the best thing we could do as a as front office is to um, make sure that Cap and, and Andrew Bailey have as many options as possible on the pitching front in case, um, you know, there is inconsistent performance or uh, injury risk associated with a shortened season last year. Yeah, obviously one of the other things I think people will point to in the division is, you know, the, the Dodgers obviously are loaded and they're coming off the World Series victory. Uh, and the Padres really loaded up an already pretty strong team. How much, when, when you're a team in the same division as two kind of behemoths like that, how much is the things that they're doing or not doing, how much does that factor with some of the things that you guys can do or figuring out payroll or resources? You know, uh, not as much as people think. I, a lot of uh, media members have asked me that question this winter. Uh, we honestly don't spend a lot of time talking about the Padres or the Dodgers internally. We have uh, enough issues that, that require our attention uh, on our team, and we focus on ourselves as much as possible. With respect to, to payroll and other decisions, we try to take a, uh, a longer-term uh, view than, you know, uh, one season at a time when we happen to have division rivals who are, who are very talented. We try to look in three- and five-year outlooks to make sure that we are making responsible decisions for the present and the future. And I think associated with that point, um, I should note it's really exciting to be in Giants spring training right now because for those of you who have been watching our games – one common theme is that the first few innings are filled with veterans who are projected to make our major league roster. And then the last few innings are filled with young prospects um, who we have been talking about ad nauseum. And I think as a result, we get to watch our projected major league roster take shape in the first few innings. And we get to watch our future take shape in the last few innings. And I will say that the reason that's so exciting for us is because it's emblematic of the direction that this organization is heading. We're focused on strengthening both the present and the future. And the amount of talent we're running out there every day in spring training is an indication that um, it's working and, and, and we are adding um, the type of talent that's going to help us both now and in the future. Yeah, that's a, my next question was actually going to be what, what has most excited you about this spring from what you're seeing? Are there any um, either areas of the team or individual players that have really caught your attention? Uh, one encouraging takeaway for me is our at-bat quality has been excellent so far uh almost every guy in our uh camp is battling to win every pitch uh work deep counts avoid chase and make hard contact i was actually looking at spring stats the other day and i noticed that we are leading all of baseball and on base percentage uh and we have one of the the highest walk rates in, in all of baseball those stats don't mean a whole lot in spring training uh, but we view them as process stats that indicate our at-bat quality so far is, is excellent. And I, I think that's a very encouraging sign for our offensive unit. And uh, I know our hitting coaches are taking a lot of pride in that. Yeah. Is it a, a little unusual this spring also in that the statistics themselves might not necessarily be 
indicative of what's happening on the field. You guys have had so you know so many opponents have to roll over their innings. I think partly because you are having such good at long at bats. Um, and we've seen a few innings roll it like all sorts of crazy stuff. Obviously, there was the game the other day against the Indians, where in which you guys played the bottom of the ninth, even though you were at home and leading. Um, so <laughs> so those stats didn't count. We were we were like running around going like, did they just score two more runs? Did that count or or what? But you guys are are kind of trying to figure out things based on also things like rolling innings. Yeah, I, I mean, every year um, you have to take spring stats with a grain of salt. Um, but more than, you know, the the on-base percentage that our team is rolling out or the number of walks that a certain guy is, um, is working, um, we look at uh, the individual decision-making pitch-to-pitch, the, the bat-to-ball skills, the um, – uh, a power that some of our young players are coming into as reasons for optimism. You know, one player uh, sticks out for me um, who has impressed so far in camp, and, and that's uh, Mauricio Dubon. Uh, Mauricio focused on two areas of development at the end of last season. Uh, one is his physicality, and, and, and two is his approach at the plate. Um, so far in camp, he has uh, shown up in, in excellent shape. He added lean muscle and, and power. Um, but what's more exciting for me is just watching his approach from at-bat to at-bat. He focused all offseason on developing a more discerning eye at the plate and, and limiting his aggressiveness to pitches that he can drive as opposed to just pitches he can make contact with. And I think, you know, it's still early in camp, but the adjustments he's making seem to be translating into competitive environments. I think he has eight walks already in one punch out. And much more important than those walks uh, are the fact that his at-bats have just been outstanding. He's been really fun to watch. And I think Mauricio epitomizes the, the major league development that we're striving for, for for each and every player in camp. Yeah, I, I think one guy um, I think who stands out to me and obviously an awful lot of people is one of your younger players. You mentioned kind of the future, and I think you know where I'm going to go with this. But Elliot <laughs> Ramos has just been incredibly impressive uh, from an offensive standpoint, and I'm wondering what you guys in the front office of making are making of his spring. First of all, um, Elliot is an outstanding human being. Um, you know, we, we had a meeting uh, with him just like we have with every player, and I was impressed by his maturity uh, in camp. You know, it, it, he's still only 21 years old. Uh, I know that Giants fans have, have, have been hearing his name for a while, but he's still only 21 years old. Um, and we have been excited to watch him work on a, a daily basis. You know, he's he's performed in games, but, you know, watching him perform in live at, live BP settings, in regular BP, and working on his defense to, to prove people that he can stay in, in center field, to working on each of his five tools, he has really stuck out in camp uh, for us. Now, we, we have to temper our excitement on him just because, you know, I think he has about 100 plate appearances above A-ball right now. So there's still some development that um, he will have before he's, he's ready to, to put on the Giants uniform. But we couldn't be more excited about uh, his future and uh, his ability to grow into a core piece for us moving forward. Could you see him as potentially an option at some point this year? I mean, I can't rule anyone out as an option this year because we don't know what this year has in store for us. Um, but, you know, it's always exciting when you see some of these young players perform in spring training because a lot of times they're facing major league competition. They're facing 
you know, regular season caliber competition. Um, so I, I, can't, I certainly can't rule it out. Um, but, you know, uh, we need to see some more development with him in a, a minor league competitive uh, environment before we're ready to have that conversation. Yeah, just in general, it seems like, I mean, this is probably the case for every team right now. But guys who even were at the alternate camp last year really have not played a competitive baseball game for, for more than a year, really. Um, how much do you feel like most of uh, your top prospects really need to play every day in minor league games and get as many at-bats or innings or, or what have you, uh, given the fact that and a lot of your pitchers uh, weren't even at the alternate site? So, so for them, too, I'm, I'm assuming that that's even, even more important. I think that's exactly right, Susan. Um, when we talk about uh, promoting players, not even just to the big leagues, um, from level to level, we may we don't make promotion decisions based on a player's birth certificate or uh, the calendar days that a, a player has spent at each level. We we base those decisions on at bats, innings, and performance. In that sense, uh, most of the players who weren't in the big leagues last year have lost opportunities to work towards promotions. Um, and we have to be mindful of that when we place them this year. I think in general, we will err on the more conservative side with, with placement this year in the minor leagues. But I think we're going to be quick to promote players that demonstrate they're too good for a level and, and allow them to um, – uh, you know, earn, earn the right to, to perform at a higher level. And if that means the big leagues, then uh, we'll be excited to have them at Oracle. Now, uh, this week was the first time you, you guys have made cuts this spring. Um, I think it was wound up being 24, 25 guys, something like that, which is a, a ton, obviously. Um, how do you kind of go about doing that when it's such a huge number in such a big camp? And, and uh, there's, a, of course, the extra weirdness that you don't really have a place to send them, so they just wind up staying here. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, those those conversations are tough because we're balancing different priorities. You know, on the one hand, we would like some of our young players to get as much experience competing in uh, major league caliber environments as possible. Um, but we have to realize that the opening day is right around the corner and we need to pare down the list of players in camp to make sure that um, we can evaluate the, the major league team as it takes shape. So, um, you know, we, we try to get, uh, some of our young players as many reps as possible but we're at the point in spring training now where we have to start transitioning towards the group of guys that we're going to take north to Seattle with us uh, it was a challenging decision um, there's there will be more cuts coming up um, in, in the future but uh, we, we tried to make the best of a really difficult situation we'll be back with more with Giants General Manager Scott Harris in just a moment but first for more Giants coverage go to sfchronicle.com and to subscribe, go to sfchronicle.com slash pod. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. 
now since it, things are starting to sh take shape a little bit, um, let's go through some of your various uh, elements. First of all, where do you think the rotation is? Particularly, I you know Alex Wood had an ablation on his spine today. There had what was shaping up to be a really pretty interesting battle uh, up until he had that uh, between Webb and Aaron Sanchez, and and even you know Scott Casimir is a, kind of a good story. I don't know how much of a shot he has making like say the opening day roster, but uh, so far he's he's looked like an interesting possibility maybe at some point too. I, I mean I, I think you know Susan, you and I both know that uh, the days in which you could get through a whole season with just five starters are are long gone. So um, it's it's an important decision for us to to make of who will be our five starters. Um, at the beginning of the season, but we know we're going to need all of them. We're, we're going to need uh, as many pitchers as possible to, to help us um, continue to, to build upon 2020. Uh, with respect to the individuals, we, we feel really good about the group. You know, Alex's setback, um, no pun intended, is unfortunate, but we're, we're hopeful that he'll still be ready for opening day. Wow. We're also thrilled to have Kevin Gosman back. Uh, we, we've we really enjoyed getting to know and working with Anthony DiScafani and, and Aaron Sanchez. They, they both have huge arms and, and the ability to create some unique shapes with the baseball. And additionally, you know, we're getting Johnny Cueto and Logan Webb back. Um, Johnny's been up to 94, and, and Logan absolutely dominated in his last start against the Indians with one of the better change-ups in the game right now. And <laughs> Um, you know, Kaz is, is a uh, really exciting addition as well because he has accomplished so many things in this game and he's already demonstrated that he is fully capable of making a comeback. Um, so hopefully he can do that in round two. He certainly has looked good in camp so far and, and we're really excited to have him. Now, what about the bullpen? Obviously, there are a ton of relievers, so I'm not even quite sure how you whittle things down. And to me, the thing that's really fascinating is you've got so many left-handed relievers. Is there a chance you could go into the season with more left-handers than right-handers in your bullpen somehow. I think that's definitely a, a possibility. Um, you know, we have a, a ton of talent on the left-handed side. Um, I think, you know, uh, we're lucky to have that. There, there, aren't a, there aren't many organizations that have as much depth uh, among left-handed relievers as, as we do. Um, moreover, I, I think we did a lot of heavy lifting in, in our bullpen this offseason. We added Matt Whistler, Jake McGee, uh, Jose Alvarez and Daniel Nunez. Um, and we're also getting Reyes Maranta back. Yep. Um, I think that's, that's all, uh, those are all positive developments for us because we had a, a bullpen unit that performed very well down the stretch last year and we added significant talent to it, uh, this year. So I think we have a group of relievers that can attack hitters in different ways and they give cap more options to match up late in games to make sure that, um, we can hold the leads that we know our offense are going to give us. Now, offensively, we, we talked a lot, lot about the quality of the bats that you guys are getting, the on-base percentage. You mentioned the versatility, um, which I think it makes kind of handicapping what you guys might be looking at from day to day a little, uh, almost a little different difficult because you've got so many guys who play multiple positions you've got a lot of really capable of capable outfielders both right right-handed hitters and left-handed hitters um it, just in general obviously you don't i don't expect you to tell us the opening day roster or the opening day lineup or anything <laughs> like that but um what are your thoughts on the personnel that you're looking at that's probably going to be for the most part your regulars um from a macro perspective uh, we think the pieces complement each other very well. Uh, we tried to build 
a group that should give Cap plenty of options to match up against each opposing starter. Um, but we also tried to focus on giving Cap some threats off the bench for big spots. Um, you know, building a deep and versatile roster isn't only about constructing deep lineups. It's also about having multiple threats on the bench who can enter a game in a big spot and help us, you know, match up against a pitcher's weaknesses uh, with, with runners on base. I should also note that, you know, with the three batter minimum, it gives us um, even more opportunity to uh, exploit a pitcher who is in the middle of their, their three batter minimum and, and maybe wasn't expecting to face, you know, a, um, a guy like Austin Slater off the, off the bench or a guy like, you know, Alex Dickerson off the bench. Um, I think, you know, those, those of you who followed us last year, you saw Cap make some um, really wise decisions to uh, make a pinch hit appearance in a high leverage spot with, with guys on base. And those won, that those decisions won us some games last year. And so I think we're, we're trying to, um, you know, make sure that every, every player who makes our roster is there for a reason and gives Cap, um, you know, a, a weapon to deploy to help us win games. Where do you feel like you guys are defensively? I, I mean, to me, just from watching games, that's a one area where occasionally um, it seems like things have been a little shakier. And, you know, sometimes when you do have a lot of players who play multiple positions, defense isn't always necessarily going to be the number one aspect of their game. I think that's right. Um, I think, you know, last year we uh, – we're a little shaky defensively in the first couple of weeks of the season. I think that contributed to our eight and 16 start. Um, but I should credit the coaches for um, making sure that the, the players were doing extra early work to shore up our defense uh, mid season last year. And I think that's one of the reasons why we started to get hot and, and climb back into the race. Um, that's still an area of focus for us. We need to make sure that um, we are putting in enough work defensively, but also that we are um, uh, strategically using shifts to uh, cover for some defensive weaknesses we, we may have. Um, but we still have a lot of confidence in our defenders, and we, we feel like you know the, the second half of the season uh, showed what a lot of them can do, and um, we, we believe that they will continue to build upon that in 2021. Now, this is probably going to be a major storyline throughout the years, and it's probably way too early to ask about it and probably not something you can really answer, but um, this is the last year potentially for a lot of very high-profile guys, the Brandons, Buster Posey, uh, possibly Johnny Cueto. Um, how do you guys in the front office look at those? Because obviously the fans are going to care an awful lot about some of those guys, some pretty big names. How do you evaluate them over the course of the season? And how much do you weigh, you know, past relationships with players and what they've meant to an organization versus maybe having a lot of free, freed up payroll? Well, that was quite the qualifier to the question <laughs> in your lead-in that I, that I can't answer yes, it. I shouldn't um, be asking you this, Scott, but I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> um, we haven't spent a whole lot of time thinking about that, um, and, and that's not a reflection on those players and how they have contributed to this organization. You know, every everyone knows how much uh, guys like, you know, Buster and, and Craw and Belt and, and Cueto and, and all these guys have meant to this organization over the years. Um, we know that there'll be plenty of time to address that in the future. Our primary focus right now is, is 
completing a successful spring training and, and getting off to a hot start because, um, you know, every season for us is sacred and that's the most important area of the focus for us. We'll, we'll deal with the, the contractual issues later and, um, and just make sure that we're prepared to, to have the most successful 2021 season as we possibly can. Yeah. And um, again, this one's going to be probably a way too early also, but um, you know, I, I think there were some fans that thought like, Oh, they should go out and sign Trevor Bauer. They should make some big splashy moves. And I think people forget if you're a team that's in it, you know, in mid season, you could look to make some sort of deal and bring somebody, somebody in. I'm you know, most teams would, if they feel like they had a potentially a shot, what are your thoughts on, is this an unusual year to do that, given everything that baseball's kind of been through, or are you guys kind of all systems go when it comes to maybe making midseason deals, whatever your position? I, I think if we demonstrate that we're in the race, um, you know, Farhan and I are going to be very active um, to add to this team. Um, you know, I think we showed at the end of last year that we can play with anyone, and uh, I think we're a better team in 2021, and and if that translates to results in the first half, you know, we're not going to hesitate to add to this team. That's fantastic. Um, and finally, how much are you looking forward to opening day and having it happen in front of fans and the home opener, potentially in front of fans? <laughs> I'm so excited. You know, um, I have yet to attend a game with Giants fans in my uh, tenure as GM, which <laughs> is weird. You know, a statement I never thought I would ever make. Um, but, you know, the fans are everything. Um, and I can tell you uh, there are so many players that have approached me uh, so far in spring training and expressed their excitement um, about playing in front of fans. You know, it just wasn't the same playing in front of a, a bunch of cardboard cutouts last year. And we can't wait to get back to Oracle and, and play in front of fans. And uh, I know that the, the players believe that they play just a little bit better when, when there's a, a huge crowd supporting them um, at, at every turn. So, you know, we, we can't go. We can't wait to get back. You know, we have a, a road trip to start the season in Seattle and San Diego. But you know, come April 9th, uh, I think the fans are going to see a lot of uh, energetic Giants players to, to run out on the field for the first time in a year in front of fans. Yeah, I agree. I think nobody is ever going to take fans for granted again in any sport, <laughs> any endeavor. <laughs> like everybody missed them, even the cranky old sports writers and and all the execs. I think. It was also pretty lonely for me sitting in the stands by myself with a bunch of pieces of cardboard. So oh, looking forward to replacing true. those with uh, some smiling, cheering Giants fans. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Scott Harris, thanks so much for joining us on Giants Plus. We will try to get you back again, maybe in mid-season, to talk about uh, what you guys might be looking at doing then. Sounds great, Susan. Always a pleasure. Thanks again to Giants General Manager Scott Harris for joining us on Giants Splash. Our producers today were G. Allen Johnson and King Hoffman. We will be back again next week with more Giant Splash. Thanks for listening.